The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I'm going to make a statement that probably is going to get me in trouble, but I thank God that I have a beautiful daughter. Now you're probably wondering, well, what's wrong with that statement? How could that get you into trouble? Listen carefully. I thank God that I have a beautiful daughter. One and only one. Girls are hard to raise. Now, don't misunderstand me. She's not a a behavior problem. And she was so cute when she was little and would play with her dolls and things. But now that she's in junior high, she's into fashion and clothes and and the right kind of hairstyle and the right kind of glasses and, and all of those things. And that's hard for a dad to deal with. It's so much easier raising boys. The other day, uh, she had a few of her friends over for a, a sleepover. And my wife, in the morning, took the boys out to get a haircut. And when she came back, she took one step in the house and she went, I smell girls. <laughs> you see, they had fumed themselves all up. And I said to my wife, and all they did was go from the bedroom to the backyard and they fumigated the whole house in just that few seconds. It's so much easier with boys. I I just put clothes on them in the morning and send them off to school. And even though my wife may come home and go, you had them wear that today? I said, hey, they were happy. No problem. And now you're probably wondering, where in the world is he going with this? Well, see, there are certain things that we really like and give attention to in life. Let me give you another example. A few weeks ago, Apple came out with their new iPhone 5. And in just one weekend, they sold 5 million. Why? Because we like design. We like things that are new, things that have a a neat look to them, a neat feel, and, and, and cool functions. And that attracts us. And now maybe you're still wondering, where is he going with this? Well, I've got your attention, first of all. But what I'm trying to focus on is the fact that we do like design. And that's what our series of messages is going to be about all this month. The fact that we are designed by God. We're going to talk about how God designed this whole world. How God has designed each and every day we live. And how wonderfully God has designed salvation for us. But today, I want to talk about your favorite topic. You. I want to talk about how we are designed by God. As the psalmist says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I know people are into designer labels and designer names and things. Well, here's one for us. I'm designed by God. Let's listen to the words of the psalmist in Psalm 139, where he talks about this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Designed by God. That's what the psalmist is talking about. Well, that demands an explanation. Today, the explanation that people want to give in regard to human life is that it's simply the cause of some natural and biological processes of chance development. Evolution. They rely on changes and chance and survival of the fittest. Talk about a survival series. That's what they say the human race is. That we have survived all sorts of obstacles over billions of years and, and now here we are. But the psalmist tells us so much differently. He says, no, no, no. We're created and designed by God. For you see, what you see is what God gave you. In these verses, he's not just extolling the creation that God made. He's not just talking about the wonderful way in which God has given us a body, but he's really extolling the power, the design, the wisdom, and the love of the Creator. Well, let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at the human body. First of all, the structure of it. Now, today there are people who are called structural engineers, and, and they're all involved with you know, building materials and how things go together. And, and, and they will tell you that certain beams or, or, or things that go into structures like beams uh, are, are all real hard and strong on the outside because they have to be able to handle force that's put on them and, and that might cause them to bend and such. But in the inside, they're made of, of lighter material, so they're not too heavy. Well, that's exactly the way our bones are structured. They're all hard on the outside to endure stress and, and weight and, and bending. And yet in the inside... There's that soft material that's, that's a factory for blood vessels. Look at the way our, our limbs function. If you watched the Olympics uh, last month or a couple of months ago, well, you saw some fantastic things that the human body can do when it is trained. And look at what our, our bodies can do. They can bend and sit and lift. They can do very complicated tasks and very sensitive things. They can carry big, heavy things and move, push big things, and, and yet do delicate tasks like changing a light bulb or cracking an egg or taking a paintbrush or a pencil and, and making a beautiful drawing. Indeed, our, our bodies have been formed to function wonderfully and in a fearful way. And then you look at inside and and you see our, our organs. The, the, the best one is that brain of ours. Oh, yeah, today computers maybe can compute things a lot faster than our brains can, but computers can't reason like we can. Our brains are designed to learn and to reason and, and to just control things automatically, things that we don't even think about, like our, our heartbeat and our blood pressure and our breathing and our blinking all of those things are controlled by our brain, and we don't even give second thought to it. The brain is, is designed also in, in such a way that it can reason through things, see the logic behind things. 
Our brain is, is designed to always make things right in, in the sense that uh, they did an experiment where they put some glasses on people that turned everything upside down as they looked at it. But they found that the brain turned everything back the right way. Our brain is, is able to filter out things like noises and other things we see right now so that you can pay attention to me. And our brain controls all of our functions all because of, of little tiny cells that are inside. You look at the other organs that we have in our body, from our digestive system to our heart and its longevity, to the formation and function of nerves, to the cleaning of our blood with our kidneys, to the way our, our ears can operate and hear fine sounds and distinguish between sounds, and then the sense of smell. All of that, we have to say, is beyond duplication, for which we'd agree with the psalmist. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's go a little bit deeper, because there's more to us than what meets the eye. That little symbol on the side, that double strand of DNA that's in billions of cells in our body, it carries all the characteristics that we need as human beings, all on something that's tiny and very microscopic. Look what happens in the whole process of birth. That one fertilized cell contains everything in it that will become bones and flesh and nerves and organs. And it develops over those nine months, and there is life there. You look at our system of nerves throughout our body. It's far more complex than any bundle of fiber optics that we might have today or any other cables or wiring system, all designed to, to keep our body functioning in, in, again, ways that we probably haven't even figured out yet, all because of little cells, little neurons that communicate messages with chemicals to each other so that our body functions. These cells are able to keep themselves healthy. They're able to repair our body from injury. There's one particular cell called laminin. Laminin is actually not a cell. It's a protein molecule that's in all the cells. And when this was discovered and its function, it was realized that this is really kind of the, 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 the base of life because this laminin, this protein molecule, is there to keep the cell functioning as it makes it communicate and do what it's supposed to do. So it kind of holds everything together. You may have noticed what that cell or molecule looks like, haven't you? It's in the shape of a cross. Here's another diagram. Now, God certainly designed that cell. I don't know if he did it for the purpose of communicating to us about Jesus, but when I see it, I'm reminded of this, something else that goes beyond what we see with our eyes, and that's the fact that we are also a living soul that God has placed his own son inside of us and given us new life. You see, when God created human beings, the scriptures tell us he breathed into us his own life, and we became a living soul. 
that was perfect, that was holy, it was righteous, it, it knew and understood God and his will. But there's, there's some trouble, isn't there, in life. Here we have the dignity of, of having God inside of us, but yet there's a struggle that goes on, and, and we see that played out in, in the physical aspects of our life, with the troubles that we have in life. Something has gone wrong with God's perfect creation. And that's what we call sin. The depraved, depraved condition that we are now in. That disobedience to God. That simply started when human beings thought they had a better plan. That they could do things their way instead of God's way and be blessed. And that still is carried on by us today, isn't it? When we still want to do things our way instead of God's way. When we still think we have a better plan than God's plan. And we say no to God. And we simply carry on and, and do our own thing. It's sin that has brought trouble into this world. It's sin that has brought illness, disabilities, and death. And more than that, it's sin that has separated us from God and eternity. But God doesn't want it to be that way. That was not his purpose and plan for us at creation. And he has stepped in with the solution. The solution to our sin, he provided a gracious Savior, his own Son, who came into this world, who took on our flesh and blood and our humanity, but not with a sin nature. He was the Son of God. He was holy without sin and lived his whole life that way so that he could replace our bad spiritual DNA with his perfect spiritual DNA. He did that so he could reclaim us for God so that now we could be restored to a right and loving relationship with God. And then he lays down his life. He gives up his life under the wrath of God to suffer the punishment that we deserve for our sins so that we will not experience the punishment and wrath of God. Instead, we've got a God who continues to care for us. All because of what Jesus has done in making us right again with God. So that the troubles we experience in life, they're not punishments from God. They're the result of our sin, but not punishments from God. God is still there to bless us each and every day. God loves us and cares for us now and will throughout eternity. And though these bodies will die, he assures us that because his son was raised again to life, we too will be raised again and will enjoy a perfect life, body and soul, in heaven with him forever. No wonder why the psalmist then says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And after he makes that statement, he says, I know this full well. By that he meant, 
I believe this is the truth. This is what I stand on. This is what I live by. And this is what I proclaim. I know it full well. And there's a lesson in there for us, which is simply remember who you are. You're not the result of some accidental process that happened over years and years and years. You are designed by God. You are a miracle of his working. And as you look at yourself and and your life, you can realize just how precious you are and cared for by God. From conception to grave and beyond, you're precious to him. And that simply reminds us also, remember then whose we are. That though we were lost to sin, God reclaimed us. He redeemed us through Jesus Christ so that now we are his forever. So no matter what we experience in life, no matter what troubles come our way, no matter what illness, or finally when we face that last breath, we can always remember we are God's forever. He will never let go of us. He will never let anything separate us from him, ever. We belong to him forever. Knowing that, we can understand the reaction the psalmist had. And that also urges us to have the same reaction, to make that our exclamation. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That exclamation we give, that's our appraisal of what God has done. Psalmist isn't praising up himself. He's praising up God. He's the one who fearfully and wonderfully made us. Those words in the Hebrew mean he did it with love and honor and respect. He did it wonderfully, meaning he did it in a way that was marvelous, beyond our understanding and ability. He's praising what God has done and saying, we are masterpieces of God, a reflection of his love and care. So in our appraisal of what God has done, we can give him the letter grade A. As one Bible translation put these words, I am awesome and amazing because I'm designed by God. And that appraisal then simply moves us to show our appreciation. He says, I praise you. That word simply means to honor God, to lift him up, to worship him as we do now. Extolling who he is and what he has done for us not only in creation, but also in our redemption. As we praise God like that, that's also our way to profess him to others, to make our statement of faith, this is what we believe, and that's what we teach. And so we we will not accept and we will not stand for the teaching that goes on today in schools or is accepted by society that's called evolution. We proclaim the creative work of God. 
Praising God also means we thank him. How quickly we can complain when we don't feel well. How quickly we can point out the failures of others. And we should be quick to thank God for how our bodies function and and for the life that we have and that he has given to others. This appreciation is something that should not just come from our mouths, but then should also be reflected in our actions, in the way we apply that truth to our lives. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said. He said, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So we apply this wonderful truth in the way that we treat our own bodies, in the way that we give respect to others, in the way that we protect life, ours and the life of others, from womb all the way to grave, recognizing that conception is the beginning of life, as Scripture states, and must be protected, and that it is God alone who has the right to take human life, not when people decide, I've had enough, let's call it quits. We must protect life and stand up for it. And that's something that we need to pay attention to also during this political time. Not just our concern for jobs and the economy, but where do people stand on the issues of life? God has given us this life, and we can show our thankfulness to him for it by the way we take care of it, the way we use it in God-pleasing ways. We are not our own. We were bought at a price. Let's honor God with our bodies. You know, sometimes when we get new things, like a new car or a new phone or something, we're really amazed by it and really treat it with a lot of care and and just really love it. But after a while, we get kind of used to it and just take it for granted. Let's not do that with the life we've been given from God. Let's recognize what it is. It's a gift from him. This is his house. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the life we have now is a time of grace, a time for us to know him, to praise him, and to serve him. We like to brag about different brands. We might be all into fashion and design. Well, my friends, this is what's on us. I'm designed by God and redeemed by him. So I'm his forever. And that means I'm the best there is. Amen.